We are recording. <laughs> All right. This is awesome. Um, so I just want to start with a quick story about how we first met from my perspective, then we'll, we'll get into this. Sounds so good. I'm here with, with uh, Mike Sahibi, somebody I train with, and I met Mike first, I want to say I was a few weeks into my training, and this guy I hadn't seen before comes in wearing a fresh ski and a bright white belt. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, this guy looks athletic and stuff. And, and Coach Paul's there, and, and we get paired up. And he looks at Mike, who I didn't know his name was Mike at the time, and he, and he says, don't kill him. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> what, what, is this guy brand new, and I've been training for a few weeks? <laughs> he's like, no, no, he's been training for a while. So uh, how long have you been training? Like, so, how did you get into jujitsu and, like, like, give me the whole backstory. Okay, so I started around 11th grade in high school. So I was about 16, 17 at the time. Okay. It was actually my brother that got me into it. So he would always watch UFC fights. And he took me along one night to watch a fight. I was like, man, it's pretty cool. So I went to, at the time, they were at Dean University. Mm-hmm. So I did like a two-week free trial, and I fell in love with it. So I did it, for about, did it for about six months, and then I had to go back to wrestling season in high school. So that's when I took a little bit of time off, came back. And then I trained up until, let's see, about another year after that. And I took a four-year absence. Okay. And I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. So, and then I came back around, 20, around 2015, and I've been training since. So I would say about five years total. Five years total. Yeah, and, five years total. But you put the gi on two years ago. Not even. It's, uh, it's two see, years ago, because yeah, that's when yeah. I started. Like, it, it was like March. Yeah, okay. March of 2018. Okay. Yeah, so I put the gi on March of 2018. I was always a no-gi guy, strictly no-gi. I don't know why I never put on the gi. It's just, I guess the grips never really interested me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? And then uh, Jim Andrews, he introduced really? me to the gi. He's like, here. <laughs> I came in one day. He had like a, a lime green gi. He's like, Oh, we this. still have it back there. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, try, try this on. And I was like, all right, cool. And I did a class, and I was like, man, it's pretty cool. So I, I stuck with it from there. So, about that four-year absence. So, most people don't know. I had an amateur MMA fight. Really? Yeah. So, I used to do a lot of MMA classes when I was like 17 years old. I was, was this with training with Paul? Yeah, I've been with Paul since okay. I was 16 years old. So, okay. just following him around at a gym to gym. And then, uh, yep. So, I used to train with the pro guys, actually, like Ben Saunders, Julian, Julius. When yeah. I was like 17 years old. Had an amateur MMA fight. Didn't go as well as I planned. I was... Man, I, I was training maybe like twice a week leading up to this fight. I was a young, cocky kid. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was talented. I had talent, but you know, I just yeah. didn't put in the hard work. So I lost by decision. And then from there, was probably the biggest regret. I was like, man, I just never came back for four years after that. So, the, so you actually would say that losing that MMA fight was a reason in you going on that four-year hiatus i i believe so yeah wow. yeah it was, i was just embarrassed after the loss and biggest regret in my life so far is Dang, this, this that's crazy training. yeah so so did you fight in a combat night like what did you fight it in? was uh so there's a little i think they changed the name of it a little club by colonial it was called roxy at the time roxy night club. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah guilt it's called guilt now guilt yeah yeah guilt, i live yeah. actually close to that place yeah so i fought uh david mundell don't He's actually he actually had a couple fights against Mike Perry. I think he had one. Oh really? Fight. So so he he was pretty good, <laughs> and yeah, and he ended up going to Bellator, I believe. So I lost the decision to him, and then from there I was just. So you fought a guy who's in Bellator. 
it was my first (laughs) one and only amateur fight and then i was like man i don't know if this is for me and then i kind of just reevaluated and came back four years later wow so you you said you did uh, wrestling in high school yeah for about two seasons a year and a half because i broke my arm in one of the seasons did you do any other sports like growing up uh, not like organized, but I'd always play basketball, you know, football with the friends. Okay. Just always, always being involved in some sports, baseball. Okay. So yeah. I'm, when you got into jujitsu, did that feel like a natural extension to the wrestling? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Did you have issues with, with, with being on your back? Uh, a little bit, a little bit at first, but definitely the wrestling base helped me out a lot. Just the strength. So just having that foundation helped me a lot with jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu is a easier transition for real. Okay. Yeah. Now... The other, uh, another detail or factoid about yourself is you're a doctor now. Yep, doctor of physical therapy. Yeah, yeah. congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you, appreciate it. (laughs) When did you get into that? So, it's a three-year postgraduate program. So, three years, it's a doctorate program. So, I would say about halfway through my undergraduate, about two years in, I just decided I wanted to go for it. I was looking for something in the medical field. And I didn't want to go the route of being a medical doctor. It's just a little too much work for me. After residency, all mm-hmm. that. Let's That's what Javon's going through right now. Yeah, and I give credit to him. And he's in here almost every day. And I give him the most, <laughs> most respect because I don't know how he does it. <laughs> That's crazy. He's in here all the time. And he's working 12-hour shifts six or seven days a week. So it's, it's incredible. But yeah, so I just decided to do physical therapy. It was more, it had that athletic presence in it. I can work with athletes which is something I wanted to do. And then from there, I just decided to go for it. And then it was probably the roughest three years of my life through really? that program, yeah. But you were training during that period? Yes, yeah, so not the first, like the first year of the program, not so much, just because it was so much work. Yeah, I was in school from about eight in the morning to six at night, and then just going home, studying for another five hours. That was my day, every day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Were you working at, like, were you doing any sort of exercise at this, like? Uh, I would go to the gym for, like, okay. 20, 30 minutes, just a quick workout, just to maintain, but nothing nothing too strenuous. So, one quick thing, going back to that four-year hiatus you mentioned, yeah. what got you back? I don't know, man. Just something, I started, like, even during that time, I stopped watching UFC as much, and then I just started watching more MMA, watching more BJJ, and I was like, man... I just miss it. And then one day I hit up Paul and I was like, hey, Paul, it's okay if I come in for uh, try it out again. And then I just signed up from there. And the cool so, thing about Paul, man, he, nothing changed from the time I took that four-year absence. He oh, was, sure. He accepted me. He's treated me the same way as before I left, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So when, do you remember that story I said about you coming in and... Oh, I remember it exactly. So <laughs> well, was, was that your first time back? No, 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 because I've been back. Oh, you had been back training see, without 20, the gi. That was like one of your first classes with yeah, the Yeah, I was gi. already back for like two years. Okay. Yeah. So you have been grappling, but you just yeah, hadn't just, done in the just gi. Just no gi, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of people didn't know me because, I mean, there is a big separation, I think, here between a lot of no gi guys and gi. Well, back then there was. Like, yeah. there were strictly no gi guys that didn't do a lot of gi. So no one really knew me when I came to the gi class. So yeah, was, everyone was like, who's this guy? Yeah, exactly, know? yeah. And then I had a, yep, I had the white belt. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill him and everyone's like man what is going on here <laughs> so funny he's trained before he's trained before yeah yeah, 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 like, yeah like every time I, every time I finish a roll they're like how long have you been training for I was like man about five years <laughs> don't let yeah don't let wow. the belt pull you so it's, yeah so it's yeah most people don't know I had that MMA fight though 
So were you also training Muay Thai back uh, in the day then? Yeah, Muay Thai, MMA sparring, everything. Everything. And I was even doing Muay Thai up until I started putting on the gi. And do you have any interest in going back to doing the Muay Thai? I just don't think I have enough time because I, I love grappling. So, I mean, I would have to take away some of that grappling time to do Muay Thai. And it's just, it's hard to commit to that right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I get that. Dang, man. Definitely, yeah. So, what have you seen? Have you seen any changes over the years? I guess especially, like, you have the, even though, like you said, you don't, you weren't necessarily a fan of that decision, you have this luxury of, seeing the gym and then being away from it and then going back into it four years later. Did you notice any changes between those four years? Did you, obviously I'm sure the faces changed. Oh to some yeah, degree, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But in terms of how classes were structured, what Paul was doing, like, did you notice any changes there? I mean, obviously one big thing that's helped out is the size of the gym. Yeah. The last, cause when I left, we were at goldenrod and colonial and it was, isn't that like, that was like an, it was like next to a Verizon store or something? I believe so. Next, yeah. It's I, like a little strip mall. Now it's like a little fish market or something. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And that place was pretty small. So it was like a little strip. You had like bags on the mat and everything. So it was pretty small. And then, I mean, the structure of the class, I wouldn't say it's changed too much. I mean, obviously Paul's learned. I think Paul has introduced a lot of techniques because when I was over there and I came back, I was like, man, what is all this new leg lock stuff? Mm. deep half everything i mean everything i was i didn't it was all new to me when i came okay. back yeah so i think i was just i don't know as a kid i was just sticking to the basics and not really expanding my knowledge in the game and when i came back and also you were probably were you were you looking at it from the perspective of when to do mma too yeah. all the time okay so yeah. that that yeah. when you're doing grappling with strikes that changes yeah that is true yeah. that changes the whole dynamic definitely dang man Yep. I never knew that. Yeah. that, that you had. I, it's just like a. So you know, Javon. I, that's when I, I want to talk to Javon. He's yeah. had uh, professional. Yeah, fights I heard. Too. Yeah, yeah. I never really got into it with him though. I never really. I know there are a lot of these people. It's like I want to just talk to some of these people. Yeah. It's like, wait, you did what when you were younger? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. But I usually don't talk about it. I mean, if someone asks me about it, I'll bring it up. But okay, yeah. So where did you uh, where did you grow up? So I was born in Dallas. Okay, and I moved here. In Orlando in 2001, been here since. So how are you a Rams fan instead of a Cowboys fan? I don't fan? know. Just as a kid, <laughs> I was like five years old. I was playing Madden with my brother. I picked the team. I was like, all right, this team's good. You know, they had the highest overall ranking. Oh, you just that was the greatest show on turf. <laughs> yep, you had Warner and yep. Terry Holt exactly. and all these Isaac, Isaac Bruce. Yeah. So I just became Marshall a Rams Falk. fan. My teams are all over the place, yeah. And then I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan in basketball. Okay. So I mean, there's a Dallas Roots right there. Sure. But yeah, I mean, it's just playing Madden, just pick the team. Okay. So, yeah. So then you moved Stuck here, and have you have you traveled much, like outside of the state? No, not too much. No, no. Abroad? Nope, never been out of the country really. Really? Except on cruises, you know, like okay. Cosmel, Mexico, and but never. That's been That's a out very of the country. Floridian thing. I feel like. Yeah. It's like, where, have you been out of the country? I've been Just to I've been to Bermuda. Yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. to the Bahamas. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't <laughs> consider that traveling out of the country. I got a passport. Yeah, but now I'm out of school. I would like to start traveling more, mm -hmm. exploring. Because I mean, that took a big part of my life. Just going through school the entire time. Oh, for sure. I didn't take any breaks. I went straight from high school, straight to undergraduate. And right into grad, grad school. Yeah, right into grad school. Yeah, I so. had like a seven-year break between undergrad and grad yeah, school. Yeah, so I mean, there was no time for anything really. It's just been all school since then. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. So what, um, how do you view jujitsu now? Like, what, do you have like any goals? Like what? I'm trying to get 
more technical. Yeah. I'm just trying to stop relying on my strength as much. Start relying more on technique. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'm getting more technical on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's I know you're playing quarter guard and going yeah, and trying to go into deep yeah. half and stuff. I'm like, <laughs> what trying is new this? Things, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to have rely, rely on my strength somewhat, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to shift it to more technique. I know you're not trying to like double under pass me or like, no, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, stack yeah, pass yeah, me. Or my go-to <laughs> just, just stack pass yeah. and go stack pass repeat. Stack I, pass I, repeat. I haven't done it in a while. I know. What and is that, this guy? He's pulling guard. Yeah. And I'm trying to start to just, you know, learn more details about moves and everything. Cause I'm more like, if you ask me to break down a move, I'll have trouble doing it, but if, if I can do it on the mat, I think it's just I do it more out of instinct rather yeah. than breaking it down part by part. Well, also you, you've done it from a younger age, so I feel like yeah, you so learn things that, at a younger age. That muscle you memory. pick it up without understanding exactly necessarily yeah. Yeah. like how you went from point eight, or you can't explain it. Like yeah, you like exactly. to talk about Zach, because like Zach's a great grappler. But everyone, I mean, Paul say like, if you ask him what he's doing, he'll have a hard time telling you what he's doing. He just does it. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? Like people just, after class, they'll be like, hey, how'd you do this move? I was like, I don't even know what move you're talking about. <laughs> I just, I just, I just do it. Yeah. Just That's, go for it. Yeah. It's not really, it's just more like muscle memory instinct, I guess, when I'm okay. grappling. But I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to be more technical really pay attention to well, okay so what does more technical mean to you like i've th- like i've heard that like people say oh you don't want to say someone's strong because that's like a that's like almost like a like a like a backhanded slight yeah it's like yeah. oh you're just physically gifted you don't yeah. really know jujitsu in your mind what does it mean to be technical i mean in the past i would just like power my way out of submissions a lot of times if someone's taught me, kind of just brush them off. I'm trying to use more sweeps, more technical, you know, get into more technical positions, escapes, not just trying to power my way out through everything. That's, so when you say you were powering out, were you just like bridging on people a lot? Like what's power yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, like bridging, just pretty much just trying to shrug people off of me. Okay. And then when going for escapes, you know, just trying to raise up. Which is still a technique, but I'm trying to be a little more specific when I'm doing things. Gotcha. A guy like Chris would say, but you're using your attributes. You have to there, use your attributes. There we, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. I mean, if, if, you have, if you have the speed, if you have the strength, power, use it. I mean, don't, yeah, absolutely. don't shy away from it. But it doesn't help to be, it doesn't hurt to be more technical, though. Yeah, so definitely. what was it when you finally put the gi on? Uh, what did you notice being such an extensive no-gi grappler? What were your impressions like switching to the gi? The grips. The grip. People grabbing onto me and I can't move. I was like, man. <laughs> I, I had no clue how to break them at first. Oh, okay. So I was like, man, I can't move. I'm wasting so much energy trying to get these grips off. And I would fatigue after a minute or two. Really? Yeah. Because I would have good cardio and no gi. And I come to gi and I'm dead at the end of a round. Just wasting we energy. We talked about that last night. It's like, do you, you asked me. Yeah, do you I, get more I, t- I still have problems with my cardio and gi compared to really? no gi. Really? That's yeah. crazy. I think because I'm just wasting energy resisting grips resisting grips yeah definitely wow interesting now would you say you were just uh because i feel like you don't grapple i don't consider you someone that grapples in the gi like i say that about people that are like they they're wearing a gi but they don't i feel like they don't do really any anything different yeah you know uh i i don't feel that with you so when did you start like playing the grips like that just came over time. Like. Yeah, it came over time. I had to get out of the no gi mindset and start using grips, going for gi chokes, mm-hmm. and yeah, because I mean that took a little time to get used to. 
because it was my natural tendency to just go for rear naked. Yeah, go for rear naked. It's just the you know the basic nogi moves. Okay. So it took some time. It's I've made it an emphasis to try and use more gi chokes. The past even like the past month, I've been trying. It's like it's like my goal just to to use more grips and everything. Okay. Yeah. So when you grapple like. Because Chris and I were talking about this, um, yeah. and that probably, that's actually going to drop today, where, where it's, we talk about like nice. how hard everyone goes, and, and uh. <laughs> so I had, I, I like watched class like a, a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I was watching people grapple, and I was like, god damn, everyone's going so hard. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering, like when you go into a class, what... And in particular, when, you, when you're rolling in a class, not, let's say not a randori, what's going through your mind? Like, what is your goal? Is your goal just to roll? Is your goal to practice a certain thing? Like, what's your approach mentally when you, when you get on the mats? And then also, how do you, the second part of that is like, how do you, how do you ration out your, your effort level, you know? Okay. So, I mean, I'm always trying to get, better i'm always trying to practice you know polish a moving class and i'm always trying to do it i don't necessarily get it every time but when we do the sparring after learning a technique i'm always trying to act it out trying to okay. perform it but it's so like try to funnel to that if you yeah can. but it, it's hard to get because you know everyone knows what you're going for sure everyone just learned how to defend it and well that then, was like me the other day i was like i want my money back paul because i yeah, tried that exactly. yeah, I knew, and i knew exactly what you're doing there so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and then, like, Damn it. so i think you gotta you gotta use out those moves a couple months later once it leaves people's minds a little victor bit. and i have the same theory it's yeah. like you'll have success yeah you got a couple months later yeah, when yeah. people are defending the new thing so if you did if you did exactly. x guard and then two months later you're doing butterfly do the x guard stuff and everyone's defending butterfly yeah yeah you, know? you got to keep it stored in there and then use it a couple months later <laughs> definitely and then uh as far as i mean bjj is one of my main forms of fitness you know conditioning strength so i'm always trying to roll roll hard but at the same time I'm not trying to be like a spaz you know mm -hmm. hopefully i don't feel like that hopefully people don't have that opinion no you don't you, you don't come <laughs> well, up i try to keep high intensity but still remain you know fluid not going you know not putting myself at injury risk or mm -hmm. my partner so I just try to keep a high tempo because that is my main form of conditioning. And I do want to, you know, that was 20 minutes that we roll at the end of the class. I really want to feel like I put in full effort there. So that's my, that's why I'm always trying to maintain high intensity when I'm rolling. Now, do you do any sort of conditioning outside of class, whether it's cardio or strength-based? I do a little bit of strength training, not so much cardio though. Like I'll go for a jog every now and then, but nothing Do you nothing think too strength crazy. training helps protect you against injury in jiu-jitsu? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. You get that stabilization at the knee, shoulder, the added stability. That's one of the biggest things. I think I think more people should be doing strength training, definitely. Really? Yeah. What, since you have your, the background that you do, and you, do, and you also do jiu-jitsu, is there anything that scares you about jiu-jitsu or any positions that scare you in jiu-jitsu knowing what you know from the physical from yeah. the physical education side yeah definitely since beginning physical therapy school i've been a lot more paranoid to injuries such as heel hooks those things scare me to death really yeah when okay, I'm, I'm just going to attack heel hooks on you i'm just going to go heel hooks i'll get the early tap cuz i've <laughs> seen the cuz you're likely you know if you don't tap you're likely to get an acl tear with that and i've seen the process of ACL, I mean, I've treated ACL patients, the road to recovery. It's not something I want to deal with. It's a tough, it's a tough injury rehab. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a long battle, and then uh, there's a big psychological component to that as well. Just getting back to your sport. I know Tommy had his ACL, mm-hmm. and it's it's a big battle to get back in here just psychologically, sure, and be able to roll again. So I've definitely become more paranoid to to injuries, even like doing takedowns and stuff. I'm always worried. I was talking about it yesterday. You're looking at the like, match. Yeah, you're like, like, those mats are slippery. I was like, that one's a little slippery. <laughs> I'm scared here. <laughs> I'm going to take it down to the ground. And then uh, it's also helped like my training outside of jujitsu, like focusing on my areas of weakness. So as a physical therapist, you have to identify strengths, weaknesses that are leading to injury. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. So here, I think a lot of people just do like general training. They don't really fine tune on things. So if flexibility is limiting your game, work on flexibility. Okay. Just don't do it for the sake of being more flexible, I believe, though. Okay. Because I have zero flexibility. Zero. But it doesn't interfere with me on a daily basis. I don't... My game in BJJ doesn't require much flexibility. You're not inverting or doing barrel yeah, bolos so, or anything. I mean, so that's not going to be a priority in my training. Is sure. I'm not going to be working on that. But if you're getting out-muscled, if you need more strength, work on that strength training. If you're getting... If you don't have the... If you're getting out-technique, work on more technique. If you do do inversion, all that stuff, work on flexibility. So I think you need to fine tune, look at your strengths, weaknesses, what you need to work on, and then really hammer that area down. Okay. So, I, so okay. That, it's like the, yeah, I mean, it's same concept kind of working, looking at the body, doing an analysis, kind of see what areas need to be approved upon and really focusing your training on that certain aspect. Now, what about the sticky topic of like nutrition? How do you approach your nutrition? I mean, I just, <laughs> it's one thing I know I do is I undereat. I think I underestimate how many calories I need. So you're at just, a caloric deficit, you yes, think? Yes, I believe so. And I've been trying to address that, but eating more. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, throughout the day, I work eight, nine-hour shifts, just constantly training patients. And we don't have time to be snacking around at work. So I can go four or five hours without eating any food. And I think that leads to my calorie deficit. And I feel it. When I when I undereat, I underperform in here definitely. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I feel more fatigued. Just don't have the energy, so I definitely need to eat more. And then uh, I'm not too strict with my diet. I mean, I try to eat healthy for the most part, but I'm not counting anything. I'm not being too specific with what I'm eating. As long as I'm eating enough, that's that's really. So what you I'm, typically come in here after work, around six or seven, and train. Have you eaten anything before you come on the mats? Sometimes I'll have a little snack. Like I'll pack like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for my, for my ride over okay. here. Yeah. But for a lot of times, like you've gone most of the day yeah, eating it'll, it'll very like, little. Yeah, it would be like since 12 o'clock I'll be, yeah, because I have my lunch you, at 12. Do you feel like you perform better? Like, what would they call like, uh, they talk about like, what, starved cardio or fasted cardio and stuff. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel better? Rolling in a fasted state, so to speak. No, no. So you no. need, you need. Yeah, 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 I need some calories. Okay, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, how I, how far back do you have to eat before, like, like an hour and a half, two hours? No, I mean, well, it depends on the size of the meal, of course. Bigger meal, of course, I'm gonna okay. want that time. But if I'm just having a snack, like my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm fine eating it 30 minutes before training. I'm on my way home. Yeah, doesn't really interfere with me too much. I don't feel weighed down by it or anything. That's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I I found that interesting though that you go, that you go hard in jujitsu for the sake of cardio reasons. Yeah. Just up tempo. Yeah, because I mean it's my main main form of fitness, you know. Because I don't have 
time to be doing a lot of extra stuff outside the gym as far as conditioning. So when I come in here, I want to make sure I'm getting a good workout as well and learning techniques. Of sure. Course. Well, and yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. For me, I find the jujitsu way more and way more fun to be get tired. It's like it's like who wants to be on a treadmill? It's for awful. thirty minutes. You know? Awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah. So being able to do something that's fun. Yeah, you can get the same amount of reward just from doing 20 minutes of jiu-jitsu compared to two hours on the treadmill sure. you know just that high intensity yeah that's yeah. crazy so what um do you have any like crazy stories you can share crazy stories from your past oh man that wouldn't piss off too many people i'm trying to think i mean i really don't have too many crazy stories i'm trying to think of a couple you don't have like a Nick Paul story or something? I do have a Cabrera story though. Oh, okay. Well, so <laughs> this from a long time ago and he, he tells his story a lot too, but so we're doing MMA sparring. This so was, just for, for people who don't realize Matt Cabrera is a guy who trains right now, maybe once a month. He, that, yeah. He, yeah. He and Mike go back to high school. High school. Yep. So we've known each other about over 10 years now. Okay. And this guy won't shit up. Like he, he's an, a hilarious guy and he just, He'll talk shit the whole time. Even though he doesn't train, he'll he'll talk shit the whole time. So continue. And he's coming for the trash talking award. He's he's putting yeah, that up exactly. there. He said he's coming full force this year for the trash talking award. So yeah, we're doing MMA sparring. You know, we're doing it, and then uh Scott Hall, the wrestler, walks into the gym. <laughs> this guy Hey yo. Hey, he's got the toothpick in his mouth and everything. Oh <laughs> Which gym was it? Goldenrod and uh Colonial. Oh my god. So and then <laughs> In the middle of our sparring match, I'm throwing a punch. Cabrera just drops his hands, goes, oh, my God, it's Scott Hall. <laughs> I hit him right in the nose, shatter, <laughs> shatter his nose. There's blood coming out of the nose. <laughs> he runs to the bathroom. And then, man, I, I still can't forget that story. It's all because of Scott Hall. Just drop, drops his hands. He's like, oh, my God. Boom. While I'm throwing a punch, he does it, too. Never seen someone excited to see Scott Hall before. Wow. Now, I've heard this guy's really big in person. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Really really tall. Well, he's, he's taller than you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Holy shit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, when he was there, he was, he was looking a little rough, though. I'm, I can imagine that. Yeah, he was looking a little rough, yeah. a little overweight. So then, what was he doing in the gym? Just checking it out, I guess. I don't know. Just He was there for at least an hour, just kind of watching, really? sitting there, just watching. Yeah, with the, with the toothpick in the mouth still. Toothpick in the mouth. Yep. Living the gimmick. Yeah, living, <laughs> living the, the gimmick. gimmick. Taking it everywhere he goes. <laughs> He's living the gimmick. Can't get rid of it. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I mean, I don't have too many crazy stories. Nothing, nothing too crazy. So what is your, what's your feeling on the whole belt system? Are you a belts don't matter guy? Are you a, the belts are, are something out? Like, well, what's your... No, I, I definitely think belts matter though. Okay. I mean, as far as just showing the amount of amount of work you put in the consistency you know it's it's a nice reward to have mm-hmm. you want i mean not many people get to make it to purple brown black mm-hmm. so you really want to respect that and then it shows how much of a commitment you're putting into the sport as far as like competition wise you know grappling i think there's a lot of variety in blue belts purple belts brown belts as far as so they might have all the knowledge, but I think there's a variety in, like when I'm sparring with blue belts, purple belts, some guys just give me a lot more trouble compared to others. And I mm-hmm. think just because they're automatically higher doesn't, I mean, I don't want to 
talk bad about any belts, you know? Yeah, but, but is think, it, but uh, so for you is, is, is having a belt being, um, awarded or earning a belt, is that in your mind, how much of that no- is knowledge? How much of that is just time put in and how much of that is grappling ability? I think it depends on the person. Okay. So you think Javon kind of said a similar yeah, thing. Definitely on the person. So you think you can categorize people like this is a person that's, let's say a competitive, like they want to compete. Definitely. And yeah. this is person is more of a knowledge based person. Yes, like I know Chris, he has no intention of competing really, but sure. that, he's one of the most knowledgeable people in here. Mm-hmm. You ask him any technique, he'll break it down for you. Sure. And that, that makes him a black belt right there. Mm-hmm. He can break down anything, he can teach it. He's very detailed when he's teaching class, and most people don't have that kind of knowledge. Yeah. And then you look at me, I'm a blue belt right now, and... Sandbagger. <laughs> He's I, a six-year blue belt. Six, <laughs> six or seven-year blue six belt. Six-year blue belt coming here. And then, and then you ask me to break down stuff. I should probably be able to break down more stuff than what I'm doing now, being a four-strike blue belt. Mm-hmm. But then again, I think there is depends on the person as far as skill-wise, what they can do on the mat, how they're performing. It all, it all ties into what belt level you are, I think. So when you, when you started, who were some of the people that are still around that were there at the time? So Nick Paul. Uh, let's see. I didn't, know, I didn't know Chris at the time. Oh, really? I don't know if he was... Speak of the devil, there and he is. will appear. I, I, I didn't know so Chris. When did you first meet? when did you first meet Mike? Because we're trying to actually... We, when you walked in, Chris, we actually were, were just trying to pinpoint... Who are some of the people that are still around that were around when, when Mike uh, started? And he said Nick Paul, but he said he, he can't think of where you were because he doesn't recall. Um, so I actually first met Mike when I started training with Paul again because I had a little bit of hiatus from training with Paul. Uh, so that's probably that time I was there. When I went to go work for Longwood and stuff. Um, when I came back, was it 20, late 2016 was when I started cross-training between the two gyms mid to late 2016 because my kid was born 2017 jesus uh, i think 2016 <laughs> was when i first met mike and i was like and you were a white belt actually you weren't even training in a uh, gi. yeah i wasn't doing gi at the time you weren't, Just yeah, no you gi. weren't even a gi right so you were this little and by little i mean gigantic <laughs> um young dude who was like starting grad school or something they were like watch out for that guy he's been like don't let him fool you he's been training since he was like 10 or something right <laughs> and at that point you're like 24 so that's like as more years than i've been training um and yeah man you were just mauling like everybody and like and like you never even put in a gi on right <laughs> and now you're you're now you're in a gi and, and you're mauling continually <laughs> so hi, hi guys sorry about that yeah because i was trying to figure out if i knew you when i was training with paul in 2010 2011 but i don't no. i don't recall no. seeing you there yeah Ryan Wilkerson, I knew okay. him from back in the day. What was he? What was he? What belt was he at the time? See, I didn't do gi, so I didn't know. Oh. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know the belt ranks really. Uh, he he would do a couple no gi classes. But did not you have the shirts? Yes. Okay, so and what then, shirt were they? I had a. Uh, it went yellow and yellow was no. It went white, yellow, orange. It was. It was so stupid. <laughs> I think I was. A Come orange. closer to the mic, Chris. I, don't mutter. Don't mutter <laughs> off it. <laughs> I remember, yeah. So just let's let's look at the whole shirt system from just like an inventory standpoint, right? So you have to have you have to make sure to have enough shirts for everybody in every color, multiple shirts. 
because people don't just wear one shirt, right? Like you gotta, you know, if you're expected to wear it to class, it's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> so Mike, thinking of the shirts here, how, how often did you wear your shirt, your, your earned uniform shirt to class? Oh man, that, that was a nightmare. Cause we did have to wear it to class. I had one of them. So every day I have to go home and wash it and then dry it. And I was training Nogi several times a week. So I was like, man, this is, this is getting rough. And then sometimes, <laughs> like one time I left it here, and I know we had to wear it in class. So I just put it on real quick and then took it off when we started rolling, just to show that I, was, that I had it on me. But yeah, I mean, they only gave me one shirt, and it was like a 2XL. So it was, <laughs> so it was more like a, it was like a night shirt. It was just so what was the final badger. shirt rank that you attained? I got a, I think it went white, yellow, orange. It was, the, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I can confirm. White, so yellow, orange. Yeah, so I, I had an orange. Oh, really? So wait a minute. It, there's nothing above orange? No, no. No, there is. Orange, yeah, from orange it went, I think, to green, blue, purple, brown, black. So it was like, a, it was like karate ranks, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't just the five. Yeah, there was a lot of different. W- what about the camo? Was camo in grappling, or was that just in MMA? No, no, no. Camo, camo was was held only for instructors because. <laughs> oh man! It's, it's the um. So what it is is like because, you you're, you're a blend of all of the colors or whatever whatever that <laughs> nonsense great. is. It's just it's stupid. It's like, so there, just a little bit of background about the whole like multiple shirts and ranks and all that nonsense. Like they tried to adopt the karate system because at the time Paul was um. And oh gosh, I, I'm allowed to talk about this. I mean, like, it, I, it, whatever. So Paul was kind of like business partners with like multiple people, um, uh, a couple of which who are actually huge in like the MMA or not MMA, but just the um, traditional martial arts school consulting. And so they tried to impose this uh, sort of like karate framework to like an MMA type system, where it's like very very like, revenue based about like all these fucking ranks and like. All of this silliness, and so like, did did he try that bullshit where you, you like there were you had to upgrade to like a sparring class, and otherwise you could only do curriculum class with you, Mike? No, I do not remember. No, that. okay, no. all right, well, nope. maybe that was that. that was at a different era. <laughs> um, yeah, so like they tried to do this like nonsense like that, right? Like you you pay for like regular classes, and so on a side note, what's interesting is I had um, I got here early, and I was the only one in the gym, and um, a dude showed up. Just asking about class. Actually, Mike saw the guy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm behind the desk actually ask, answering questions because why the hell not? Uh, but he, one of the last questions he asked was, where do the kids train? Because I think he had this, he had this image in his mind of karate. And I asked him, I was like, you think about karate? He's like, yeah. I was like, no, no, kids have their own kids class. We maybe have like a 17-year-old that trains with us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, 17, 16 is okay. I was like, so you're thinking about that karate thing of, of bowing to like 10-year-old black belts. He's like, yeah, no. I was like, we don't do that here. Don't worry. <laughs> but it's funny how that, that, I didn't really think that that would be imprinted on people, but it is to some degree that this idea that you can have a, a scenario in a martial art where adults are bowing to sensei 12-year-olds. Come on, Chris is searching. <laughs> yep, yep, As searching a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> a third degree black belt. Oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> how, to so, th- how to throw that in there. It's whatever the ecosystem is, though, right? Like, uh, I mean, 
if, if that's what just the environment is and that's what the system is, then what's wrong with that? I think because from a cultural perspective, it's weird for adults to be bowing to kids in our culture here in the United States. I mean, it's kind of weird to do in any culture, realistically. Um, but, I mean, if... I, I, first off, I don't think it's ever really the... Even in my traditional martial arts upbringing, I never... Uh, the expectation wasn't that you had to go bow to every black belt first or anything like that. So that's actually a little bit foreign to me. Is that what he was referring to? Like, do you have to... Like, can we all bow to each other? Like, and that's not an issue. What, what is he... I don't understand what the question is. Uh, I, there's no question. I just think that, that in his mind, this gentleman had this sort of notion of... He... Of training with, with kids as an adult and that just feeling weird. I mean, if you have a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old training with an adult, that's, that, was the, that was the first thing he said was... That's what he was actually keying in on. And I, meant, I mentioned like, oh, the karate bowing thing. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But <clears throat> I think for him it was kind of like, I mean, have you watched Seinfeld? No, I've, I'm, I'm not white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, really? Man. <laughs> oh, man. Because sometimes you get white girl wasted. <laughs> right, I'm just kidding. So I would say he, um, so there's an episode of that where one of the characters goes to karate school and he's an adult, a fully grown male, beating the shit out of all the kids. So that's kind of, that was kind of the joke there. So I don't know. Maybe it's, it's something along those lines. How old was he? This guy here yeah. that came in? Yeah, that, that came in. I didn't ask him, but he's, hmm. I mean, he looked like he was in his 20s, oh, okay. early 20s. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. I mean, he's in school, so I would say he's, he's that age. So anyway, that, that, that's, a, that's a, a sidetrack. But Chris... You haven't been here the whole time. So did you know that Mike had a amateur MMA fight? I did not know that. Ah. Um, well, okay. And did you know yeah, where was it? And and did you know that it did not go his way? He lost a decision and that was a main reason in him taking a 4-year hiatus from all martial arts. Really? So it so I knew this would get crit. Like this, this triggered. Like Chris's mind is <laughs> yeah, like, going, heard, yep. question, 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 question. So go ahead, think about it and yep. ask your question. So first Bring off, on. you're you're you just finished school. So yes, like, I did. Yeah. You're like mid twenties. Yep, I'm twenty six right now. You're twenty six. You you've been back now for as long as I've known you for three years. So that puts you at twenty three. Had you just come back around the time that I met you then? So I came back. See, I came back around twenty fifteen. Okay, so just a little bit before that. Yeah. Um. So you were, you took a break from 20, from the age of like nine. So you had an so, M- amateur MMA fight at like 18 years old? Yeah, I just turned 18 oh, when I had The guy it. he lost to via decision became a Bellator fighter. Really? <laughs> it's uh, David Mundell. I know he fought, I think he had a one amateur fight with Mike Perry and then a pro fight with Mike Perry. So I mean, he was, where he was, was this? It was at Roxy at the Roxy. Oh Mike my God! You were fighting at I was the on Roxy. The, I was on the same card. Dylan fought that night, and uh, Will Sizemore. Was that when? That wasn't when Dylan got his eye popped out, was it? No, no, okay. it wasn't. No. Oh God. Um, which no, yeah, that was actually in another state. <laughs> wow! So you lost the decision. Yeah. What was what weight class did you fight in? Honestly, I don't remember. I was around. I was probably around one eighty. 
So I don't I don't know the exact weight classes they had at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I was around high one seventies, low one eighties. <laughs> was this around the time no never back down came out? I I, when, I feel a very like <laughs> you got you you were watching Karate Kid or something, you saw Never Back Down or something when they were like literally fighting in a nightclub and and you're like that's my goal right there. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, before I had the fight, I was training with Paul for about a year before that. That's true, because you were a, I mean, a kid. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, so I, yeah, I started training with Paul when I was around 16, 17. So I trained for about a year, and then I had my first amateur MMA fight as soon as I turned 18, pretty much. So how did you feel about adults having to bow to you as a 17-year-old kid, orange belt? <laughs> <laughs> did you... Did you like that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, don't um, th- I don't think anyone was bound to me. That wow. So you, what? So we were talking about motivation not too long ago regarding uh, just kind of in general. It started. It stemmed from Jovan. But what did it? I mean, it sounds like silly and cliche, but did it like mentally break you, or did you just you were like, I'm fighting's not for me, or what, what made you take yeah. a four year hiatus? Yeah, at that age. I mean, yeah, I was 17, 18, a cocky kid, thinking at the top of the world. You were a cocky kid? Well, I mean, not, not like, it's, you know, just like internally kind okay, of, you know, right. I felt like I can hang in there. I can, you know, felt good, felt like I was going to win easily. And I guess it did at that age. I guess it would say it mentally broke me. Really? Yeah, just at that age. Yeah. What do you, so out of curiosity though, like what, I mean, like, as objectively as you can, being the person that was actually on the losing end of that mm-hmm. fight, how did you feel that you actually did? Not too bad. Just, I mean, the, the like, first round, I got got him in full mount. At the time, there was no punches to the head on the ground. I don't know if they changed I that. Think, I think it's still that way. Still that way? Yeah, so just body shots. So there, was, I mean, there wasn't much I can do there. And I just got tired, real tired. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, I was training. See, this is how stupid it was. I was training maybe like two days a week. That's <laughs> And then, yeah. Oh, how times have changed. <laughs> like, I, was, I was training two days a week, training for an actual fight just two times a week, not doing anything. I was in high, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, like, yeah. So, I mean, it's looking back at it, it was probably a stupid decision to go through crap, that. bro. <laughs> who, who was in your corner? So, it was Paul and uh, Kubera. <laughs> <laughs> did he, I don't know at, what at he was doing. Did he scream, get her done to you? Did he? <laughs> Honestly, man, I don't, it's like the adrenaline, once, you, once you're in there, you don't hear much outside of. This, see, this makes me wonder, since this story was so foreign to me like i was blown away when he told me this how many of these stories does paul have where he's like oh yeah i was in this person's corner when they fought and nobody knows <laughs> because no one's like whispered about it i i mean i i fall so did you you approached paul about fighting or did, was he like hey man you're doing pretty good do you want to fight it was actually uh it was more of dylan that was getting me into it so he's the one that found me the found me the fight kind of encouraged me to take that first fight. So as being an 18-year-old kid, I mean, like, looking back at it now, you probably recognize that you're grossly under-training for even an amateur fight. 100%. I mean, just, (laughs) I think people have matured overall, like (laughs) coaches and everybody else. At no point did anybody look at you and say, hey, man, you're you're hitting the mats twice a week. (laughs) Perhaps you should train more no no one told me <laughs> like, then, yeah exactly. that's really it's interesting yeah you know, it's crazy like, I, how much is yeah i mean no one really told me anything no one advised me to do anything different and then 
I didn't know better at that age. No, no, so yeah, I, exactly. I was just going, like, you know. I mean, you were a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I would consider it. Yeah, I just started college now, at the time. Yeah. I just started UCF at the time. So that's a big transition going from high school to college. So, I mean, most of my time was going to schoolwork. And I was just getting on the mats whenever I could, a couple times a week. And you, you were the bravest person. I, that's, that's incredible. You know, like I... <laughs> So, I mean, do you have any desire to compete again like that? In MMA? Yeah. No. No yeah. desire. I mean, like, you're, you're, this is your moneymaker now, so, like, yeah, it's, that shouldn't yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got a full-time career now. It's, that's gone out the window now. Do you, um, I mean, you actually, so you were doing, what, what classes were you doing, aside from no gi, you know, your So, back in the day when I was, yeah. I was doing Muay Thai, MMA sparring, so I actually, Went to several pro MMA sparrings too, with like Julian, Ben Saunders. Oh, how'd that work out? Jose right? Figueroa. I got my ass kicked every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're probably, man, who's this 17 year old kid in here? And then, yeah, I got my ass kicked. Did, and, did you have like any, did you get into any fights or scraps like in school or growing up or at UCF? No, never. Okay. I've, yeah, he doesn't. I'm, I'm probably. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, doesn't strike me. I'm, I'm probably the least confrontational person out there. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, even you smile the, more than me. Which yeah, yeah. Is I'm, very yeah, hard I'm, to I'm do, always smiling. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, n- yeah. Minimal fights and arguments. That's in- that's so interesting. Like it, you, man. But you you did you took the plunge though. Like that's that's awesome. But but you were doing everything. So when you got on the mats the twice a week, you were hitting it like three hours. Yeah, yeah. Time. I was doing multiple classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's the only time I had, I mean, at school. And then at the time, I was going back and forth between the Winter Springs location and then Golden Oh, my Rock. God. You were at Winter Springs? Yeah, I was actually at Dean University when it started, when I first started. Were you really? Yeah. So I think it was only open for a couple months. The, and then okay, that was trans- definitely yeah, so I was at. I was towards the end of the... Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So, you, man, you are old school. My very first class, I went in for the trial, and it was Dylan there. I guess Paul was out. Paul was cornering Ben Saunders somewhere. Wow. Uh, for UFC, so it was Dylan that taught me my first class. This is a blue belt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Having sparred I, I, I with took, yeah. Ben Saunders. So my very first day of training, I did. It was no gi in the morning. I was like, man, this is fun. So I went back for a bag and pad at night, and that one just that one killed me. That exhausted me. So I did. Yep. And it was Dylan that was running everything at that time because Paul was what, out of town. Once Mike gets promoted to purple, all the blue belts will take a like sign. Be like, oh, yeah. thank God, the <laughs> the levels dropped a little bit during the blue belt. The, the yeah, bar. he's like he's like the Nick Rod, Nicky Rod of like our gym here. He's like, oh, the the dust of blue belt guy. And then also, so, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, and I then would argue he knows more technique than Nicky Rod. Though. Well, yeah. He, and then also they like club people. They had the amateur MMA program back then too. Wait, what? <laughs> yep, on Saturdays there would be an amateur uh, MMA. It's like two-hour training. Who ran this? Paul would run it. What? Oh, yeah. Man, so it, so it was like hell. a lot of us, like Will Sizemore, Dylan was in there. All you know, basically everyone younger age trying to to start a career, pretty much just in the amateur. So that was every Saturday. That's pretty. I mean, so okay, that's. But that was cool. also before you were you were uh, doing just the twice a week thing, trying to train for a fight. But that's so you had a good idea of what to kind of expect going into. Yeah, the fight? I did. Yeah, yeah. We would do sparring in there and everything. So I kind of had an idea. The one thing that threw me off in the fight was the cage. Never been in a cage in my life. Never did any training inside a cage. Even did you? Well, did you do like wall work? In, yeah, in I, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, but just like the, like, not as much free space to move. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that was a big, big difference, definitely. 
The uh, so you're a uh, what what is your official title? You're a physical therapist, a doctor of physical therapy. Yeah, it's called doctor of physical therapy. <laughs> um, so I, Mike, do you watch anime? No, I do not. What the hell? I know. Um, so, sorry to let you down there. I do Mike, not. Mike, I thought we had a, a nerd connection. Um, so there's a uh, one of my favorite, anim- actually the only anime I've ever watched all the way through is something called Grappler Baki, and it's awesome. And one of so like each like guy he has to fight has like a shtick. And they're all these sort of like different archetypes. Um, one of the first ones he has to fight is he's actually a doctor. He's a surgeon. Yeah. So like because he knows, that, you know, what better way to learn the human body is to like reverse the idea of like fixing it. So you as a doctor of physical therapy having to like know how to fix things, do you feel as though you're like, I have an edge on the mat? No, I can break uh, this guy in ways <laughs> that he doesn't even know. No, it, it doesn't help me much in that aspect. Does it really not? No, not like, really. I mean... It doesn't change anything. I mean, have you seen I mean, Lachlan Giles like bring out his like his like knee model? He's like to do a proper heel hook, you want to basically achieve these angles so you can rip the tendons perfectly. You know, like he. No, I, I've never seen that. that that's, that'd really? be, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, that'd be interesting to see. That I'd like to watch that. Yeah. Like, see, like you're you're like a black belt. You don't even know it. <laughs> like, if you just apply everything that you learn in like med school, basically, and just in reverse. That, you, there it is. You, you're yeah. a black belt in jujitsu. I mean, I was telling Noah earlier, I definitely became more paranoid with injuries and stuff, like heel <laughs> hooks. Definitely a lot more scared of those since, you know, be, beginning physical therapy school. So I think uh, you could also have this moniker of not only knowing how to, how to do the most damage to people's ligaments, but you could also do it in such a way that it lends itself to the cleanest rip or the cleanest tear. That's right. Just like, just yep. like, Efficient. yeah, just like uh, stand-up guys. Like, I'm, I'm a good bouncer because if I put a guy down, I know where to punch him so it doesn't look bad on them the next day. You know? <laughs> yeah, and then I'll be my patience afterwards. <laughs> Is that something from Roadhouse? <laughs> no, that's something from Paul Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> oh man. He's like, I know where to punch a guy. <laughs> that's, Jesus. <laughs> but what, okay, so what have you said heel hooks scare you as a yeah. physical therapist now? What else? Like what else like spine lock stuff? Does that Yeah, definitely spine. Yeah, yeah. Cuz that's that's just a nagging injury. That can have lasting effects, you know, sp- anything in the spine, lumbar spine or cervical spine. Something you really don't want to mess with there. Okay, so you're you're actually you're one of the nicest people I've ever met at the gym. Um do you Having that knowledge now, are you obviously you're more cognizant of it when it comes to your own body if yeah. something's happening? But if somebody does, are you less likely to do potentially devastating, you know, injurious things to other people now? Definitely, because you know that too. Yeah, I take a little more easy when going for submissions. So you're a you're a good person. <laughs> yeah. He's a pussy. Like, That's like, what he. <laughs> wow. Like like before, I mean, I would like I'm not gonna lie, I would get some neck cranks in there and everything. But now, if I feel like I don't have the choke. I'm cranking more in the neck. I'll just let go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force it anymore. So, so funny story. Just uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll keep the people nameless here. But last night, I actually you were here, so you actually can figure oh, out you yep, can figure yeah, out who this was yeah, exactly. But I was uh, on the last roll of the day. I was like, I'll do one more roll. So I this is my first day back from an extensive vacation. I'm doing no gi, feeling good to be doing no gi and slipping slipping around and stuff, and. I'm just kind of chilling, doing my thing, and I get cross-faced 
super hard, but not a cross face to move me. Like a cross face, like it felt club. like it felt like a cross face to a submission. No, no, I'm saying like gable grip across my cheekbone, just twisting my my neck maybe like ninety at a ninety degree angle, and then the it gets released, and I'm thinking, oh, he the person realized, oh, this isn't a submission, whatever. And he readjusts his grip and then proceeds to start squeezing again. <laughs> and of course, I look up at the clock and there's maybe like 30 seconds left. So I don't even have time to like get angry <laughs> and like do something. So I just kind of chill and then I walk over. I'm like, oh, my neck's pretty tight. But thankfully, my neck's okay. The neck bridges I've done have helped. But yeah, that was... Neck bridges? Ah. Well, no, I do neck bridges like when I warm up. Oh, okay. No, I, I didn't do that you know, after. I thought we talked about Pavel. Oh and yeah, how he hates neck bridging. Well, I like them for the grappling. <laughs> but so yeah, I, I'm yeah. The whole it, it is interesting. Like, what's the? Um, do you have like a pet peeve? Like, if someone does something to you, I've never seen you lose it on the mat. Now, granted, no, I've, you, you, as from a grappling perspective, you're a good grappler, so it's going to be you're less likely to be in a bad situation, especially since you're on top. Although now you're playing bottom. Yeah, I and am now playing, you're yep, gonna start yep. sacrificing <laughs> your body a little yeah, more. A little bit more there. But have you like encountered situations like I just I I fucking hate it when people do this sort of thing. One thing is when people are a little too spazzy with like their elbows and stuff. You know, just swinging their elbows back. Like in some rounds, I've gotten elbowed like in the eye three to four different times in one round, Ooh. and that that that, that, <laughs> and that, that, that kind of irks me a little bit. I think though because the, and I so I it wasn't me, right? Like, no, no, it, okay, it wasn't like, you. I, I, I don't do that. But um, I would imagine that happens because it's something that Noah and I talked about, where people freak out because of like the flight or like fight or flight, like yeah. they don't know how to handle it, right? Yeah. Like, um, like I just like you don't meet force with force, right? Like because it just makes things worse, especially if the person's beating you already anyway. Like spazzing out isn't going to help the situation. So I wonder if like because Mike, you're a fairly aggressive grappler who's pretty technical as well. Like they just don't know how to handle that, so they freak out, they spaz out. And they just elbow you by accident, or yeah. do you feel as though it was intentional? No, it's it's definitely by accident. Okay, yeah, okay. definitely by accident. But it's just, I mean, it's it gets annoying when it happens. I mean, yes. one, one time in a round is okay, but when it happens like four or five times, like man. All right, so what does the Sahibi do in that case? I, I crank it up a notch a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I, I crank it up. I go for the kill. <laughs> actually, actually, that reminds me. There's there's one other story. So I I told right at the very beginning. I told story of how we met. Which was which is a funny Probably story. Probably in some sort of like a you were on the bottom. No, it was it was oh, I had been training. I've, story, no, yeah. no, I've been training for a couple. I've oh. been training for like a, a, a weeks, and then this guy shows up in a brand new gi and a bright <laughs> white belt, and and I go with him, and Paul looks at him and says, "Don't kill him." <laughs> I was like, "What? I've been training." But anyway, no. Um, I have two weeks under my belt. <laughs> Come now. So, so I'm actually thinking of when. It was the first, what was it? It was the first gauntlet that I think was done in Gi that he participated in. <laughs> and the gauntlet is when people up for promotion, most of these are white belts up for their blues, have to grapple for 15 minutes straight against a rotating group of upper belts. A fresh guy. Yeah. And I, I remember us in the locker room... And Mike basically 
saying, so what's the deal here? We just have to go a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was my first one I've ever done. So I was like, so I was like what do we do here? <laughs> just go a little harder, right? And I looked at Mike. I was like, yeah, just go a little harder. <laughs> I remember that clearly. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. He just for saying to like swim everybody. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Who, so do you remember who, who was up for promotion then? Honestly, if I remember properly, I think I was... You were one of them. I was one of them. Yep. So he went up to so, with me. I was, I was that was the thing. Like, I was telling him how to roll with me. I should have I been like, yeah, no, you're supposed to be no, super yeah, respectful. Take a little, take a little easier. Let the guy, yeah, let the, guy, let the guy up for promotion actually have some success. You, you want to encourage them as they get their belt. No, no, no. I said, you're just supposed to go hard. Yeah, it like, was okay. Yeah, it was and then you went with me, and it's on camera. <laughs> Oh, did you you have it on camera? <laughs> well, they were recording like people were recording the whole thing, and there were moments of I saw where I'm like he was basically it was basically me fighting out of Darces and him just being on my back constantly. Oh, so speaking of which, what is what's your favorite submission, Mike? Oh, he just said it. The Darce. Is it really? Uh, yep. That's oh. that's my go-to. It's go-to-o. actually DRC. 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 The guy's name is DRC. Really? Yeah. So what, when did you when did you fall in love with with said top triangle or whatever the, the actual technical name for it? I don't know. Ever since I came back in 2015, it's just been my go-to move. I don't know if it's my long arms. I had the leverage no. to kind of get it a little easier than most people. But I'm s- trying to branch out and start doing more stuff now. But more, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a move. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite submission, though. Where did you learn sure. that? Because I've yet to see someone really actually teach the Dars here. Well, Andre teaches it now, but obviously I learned it before that. I think it was, uh, so that when I came back, it was actually uh, Matt Ferriola. If that's not, because <laughs> yeah, he, 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 yeah, he was actually teaching some Nogi classes when I first came back. So I might have learned some of that from him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, he, he likes the guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he likes to play off the front headlocks. Yeah, so I give, yeah, so I definitely learned some of that from him. Did when, you ever meet John Sissio? Yeah, I did. Okay, yep, yeah, yep, back in the he, day, yep. he will darce you from bottom mount. He is. Yeah, I like, met him a couple times. Okay. Yeah. He um shout out to John. Um, <laughs> he'll. I wonder if he ever darced you, and perhaps he might have added to that repertoire. Um, really? So darcing? Okay. What do you? Uh, I okay. I can imagine a lot of people pulling half guard on you, thinking they have the underhook. And you just darsen the fuck out of him. That's that's the that's the that's, setup every that, time. Okay, I, 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 I can already see this happening. I, I kind of bait him into it, and I'll just you know I just clamp down on that arm and yep. go for it every time. So, okay. I, I'm proud to say I haven't been darsed by Mike in a while it's now. Been a while, but yeah. I get guillotine now, so I <laughs> I don't know if I've traded one for the other or what. I think I, I would say it's evolved. Yeah, because I'm starting to you know transition back from the darst guillotine back to the darst, trying to work on. You know, changing positions from there. So I think I'm starting to get more guillotines now because people are starting to defend the darts a little better. So what do you? All right. So you said you're starting to play more bottom. What do you? What are you looking to do? What are you focusing on first? So right now I've been doing a lot of quarter guard and deep half. That's been my go-to deep lately. Half. Yeah, deep half. Yep. I wonder if that is that due to your. Did you ever wrestle? Yeah, I did. In did high you? school, I did about a year and a half. So I didn't. I didn't finish my senior year because I broke my. My wrist the last year, so I didn't get to finish the season. But I did a year and a half. Which is all you really need to, to, to learn pohada. <laughs> now, now, I wouldn't say I'm a good offensive wrestler. Like I'm, I'm still not that good at takedowns, but it's definitely helped my defense. Sprawling, 
building a base and just yeah, keeping you, that. You, you have a pretty yeah, you yeah, have, yeah. A, pre- you have <laughs> a pretty annoying sprawl. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but I don't, I don't go for a lot of takedowns. Though. I mean, I still don't feel confident in my well, takedown. Yeah, you game. look at the match. You're like, I don't want to do takedowns on these slippery <laughs> ass mats. Yep. Worried about that knee injury. Well, I mean, like a wrestling mat is a lot squishier than a tatami mat too. Like these, yeah, are- and, and it's a roll too, so you don't have gaps. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's oh, just one, true, it's yeah. one giant roll. Yep, no gaps in between. Well, you don't like turning your toe ninety degrees to your foot. New Year's resolution, Mike. It's coming up. So I was telling no. I'm trying to get more technical. I'm trying to get more tech. I mean. I mean, you're, you're, you're not not technical. That's you know. But I'm trying to fine-tune it where I can actually break down what I'm doing. Because I'm just going off... Whenever I roll, I'm just going off the instinct pretty much. Like, I know what I'm doing, but I can't. Like, if someone were to ask me, what'd you do here? I couldn't tell them. Really? So, yeah, so I'm trying to really break down my game and fine-tune everything. So how do you think you were learning things before if you weren't, like, conceptualizing them step-by-step? Step? Basically just... You think muscle memory? Uh, yeah, that's what I would go with. I mean, like, that's is that sort of like the whole, like, kind of Ben Askren had talked about that in one of his interviews, how, like, he feels that, like, jiu-jitsu people are doing it all wrong, where he just, you know, he talked about, like, just wrestlers, just drill, 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 drill. And I think that does build that me- muscle memory, right, where you just, you, you act purely on instinct, and you don't necessarily know why. I mean, like, is that necessarily wrong, though? Because wrestlers are very good at what they do. You know, do you yeah. think that it'll make you a better grappler? I think so, yeah. I mean, because, like, when I'm rolling, I'm not, I'm not, like, overthinking anything, really. I'm just going right into the moves, just using my instinct, muscle memory. And I think that helps, definitely, with just, you know, reaction time, not overthinking, not, you know, being hesitant with things as well. Meanwhile, I'm that fucking, like, meme gif of, from The Hangover where... I'm seeing all the equations. I'm holding yeah, grips. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, the- <laughs> what do I do now? I'm like, what are all the parameters? What are all the parameters? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, and, and that's where is that sort of like Bruce Lee talks about, like, if you're completely unscientific about things, then you're, you're just like this chaos, right? And then if you overthink things, then you become this like robot and you're, you sort of like paralyze yourself by anal- was it analysis by, nope, paralysis by analysis, whatever the case is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yep. There we go. Like, then, but, so where do you feel you need to, because you are a very high paced grappler too. Yeah. Like a lot of that is based on instinct. So there's not a lot of like thinking time. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of thinking time. Definitely. Yeah. It's just, I'm going from one thing after the other. Not really. So you're going to, are you going to sort of slow your game down though? No, because- I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's just natural tendency to keep a high pace. I was telling Noah, like. BJJ is one of my main forms of, you know, conditioning and fitness. So when I come in here, I like to keep a high pace, make sure I'm getting a good workout because I don't have time to do other things when I get out of the gym. So that's one of the reasons why I try to keep that high you, pace um, always. Do you lift weights and stuff outside of the gym? Aside uh, from jujitsu? Not, not consistently. Really? Yeah. I'm, you you I'm don't? Not a, like ever? I mean, I'll, I'll do some stuff, but I'm not consistent with weights. Like when I, you put me on a bench press, I could probably barely bench press 200 right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I'm not very strong when it comes to lifting weights. So do you subscribe to the sort of like, there's like this this video of Marcelo Garcia kind of talking about his strength, his idea of strength and conditioning and how he's like, you know, I don't, he's like more time that's taken away from jujitsu to do things like weightlifting, whatever, is me, is, is like, you know, the guns and butter, right? Like you can't. Like they're mutually exclusive of one another. Guns so, and butter. Yeah, like the whole economic term. 
like as like as like a nation you can either like let's gut, like the production of guns is mutually exclusive to the production of butter and if you have to allocate resources to one it's definitely takes away from the other so like you have to choose between guns and butter have you never heard that before i've never heard that before okay so like he feels as though there's no carryover from one to the other and that your time is better spent doing jujitsu. So if you want to get better conditioning and strength to, for jujitsu, you just do jujitsu harder and faster. Yeah. Instead of, really? That's your, your that, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, of course I lift weights, but yeah, nothing consistent. And that is more of my thought process. Definitely huh. try to keep high intensity. But I was telling Noah uh, earlier, if strength is a weakness of yours, work on it. So if you're getting, you know, if you can't do techniques... Because other guys out, you know, out, you don't have enough strength to pull them off, or someone's out muscling you. They work on your weakness. So what do you do with you deal with Jeremiah then? Man, I, so I rolled with them last week. Actually, this week it was on Tuesday. He had a little open mat thing. Man, that guy's strong. <laughs> strong strongest guy. <laughs> Understatement of the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you went. To, you went to the 4 p.m. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. Thing? yeah, and it was no gi. You know, th- do you know what his what his overhead press one rep max is? What is it? Like it's like, like it's like three fifty. Man, <laughs> that is that is insane. That's that's more than what people squat. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's that's that more than the, that's more than like the average person like deadlifts. That is crazy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he's crazy strength. Yeah, I, I felt I felt probably has the best control of ever, yeah, anybody. I couldn't move. That, right, like he can yeah. calibrate it. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't move against him. And I usually yeah. don't. I usually don't have that problem with most people. And I was, I was stuck. <laughs> Um, final thoughts, uh, Mike. What are your goals for today, going into class? Well, Chris, what are we learning today? Um, I'm going to continue uh, with Tommy since he's the master of knee slice. Um, gonna continue working on that knee slice stuff that we've been working on the daytime class. I, I've just assumed it's the first part of the curriculum for the new year, so that's I've been rolling with it, and uh, I've I've chatted with some people about class structure and whatnot and uh, I think consistency is best for people to kind of work on things for a little bit more than just a week at a time so uh, we're going to work on some more knee slices variations off of it nice so to make you an even more dangerous grappler Mike <laughs> like, I, I like the sound of that because to work on your to your your unending top pressure I like it so yep so I mean basically yep so what time is it right now we got about 12 we minutes. We got 12 minutes. 12 minutes We're going right. to wrap it up. But so uh, Mike, so thank you. Uh, thanks for sharing. Dude, I didn't know 70% of the stuff you told me. I know. I was, so yeah, so I it was cool that. to be on here, be able to share some knowledge, uh, get some uh, facts now, about gonna, my past. Are you going to actually listen to this? Or are you one of those people that doesn't like the sound of their own voice? I probably won't listen to it. Dude, dude what? <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, probably, I've, I, don't, I've, I don't listen I, to these. I've, I've listened to other episodes. I'm skipping this one. You're going to skip I, it. Yeah, I, I hate hearing my own voice. I hate it. Like, it's did you awful. Hear, um, about how uh, Kylo Ren was on uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross on NPR and... So like he doesn't the character like, Kylo Ren no, or no, the like, actor the, whatever <laughs> Mini Driver or whatever yeah, it's Adam, Adam Driver, Driver. Yeah, not Mini Driver so like he they started playing a clip from Star Wars or, or from one of the shows he's on and uh, he got up and walked away like in the middle of the interview because he he can't listen to himself on on tape so like if I play 
you're interviewed during class over this loudspeaker mic. Will you just get up and walk away? Yep, most likely. I'll be headed out the if front If I'm doors. grappling with him, let's, let's just like, play, <laughs> let's play <laughs> it loud. Like, play like I mean, that's a verbal tap, Mike. <laughs> yeah. That's a verbal I'll, I'll tap. I'll be headed out the front doors. <laughs> What's our code word when we're in danger from Mike? Uh, our safety word. Uh, good question. I don't know. I mean, he's not. Well, you can't give it away. I'm right here. I know. I can't. Yeah, I know. All right, well, Mike, thank you, and I look forward to rolling with you on the Thanks for having me on here. Appreciate it. See ya.